Up to 90 miles an hour, bring the less hardy to a standstill or use them like a Scotsman's curling stones. Alley fight between Fitz and Combs. You both get to pick three all-time socks and Cubs as part of your alley fight. My my number one draft pick is Michael Barrett. Michael Barrett, you're out of your mind. Michael, but do you see that right hook? Ask AJ Brzezinski if he wants to get hit with that right hook again. You can ask AJ Brzezinski that. I will. <sighs> That's gonna be that such a podcast question. I uh, shut up. Go to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Rebay has it. He throws. Out! Out! A White Sox winner and a World Championship! And what is going on, Windy City Sports Talk fans? It's your boy, Brandon Combs, along with my guy, Ryan Fitzgibbons. False start. Offense, the entire offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Bears Monday. It is not a very good Bears Monday. It is I I don't even I don't even know how to explain what we witnessed last night. False start. Offense, the entire offensive line. <laughs> Yes, that was almost that was almost like I, I believe the Chiefs had one um, on Thursday night. That was everybody but the center. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's becoming a, a thing. Yeah, maybe it's just a thing on teams that Matt Nagy has touched. Yes, I I, I don't know. Um, but I've anyway, never heard that before. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. There's a lot of things that I can't believe that happened yesterday, but we're, we're definitely going to get into them. We're going to talk Bears tonight. We're going to talk Cubs tonight. We're going to talk some Notre Dame. Notre Dame football, baby. Let's do it. Cleanser. So we have a lot to get to tonight, but if you missed any part of today's live broadcast, you can now catch us on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also available on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click that like button, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because it helps us out more than you would ever know, and it costs you nothing. Subscribe, please. And if you have any feedback for us or have something you want to talk about or questions you want us to answer, you can email us at combsandfits, all one word, combsandfits at gmail.com. Fitzy. What? So the fuck <laughs> happened to and, our 10 to 12 win bears. Yeah. I mean, I think I said this once, uh, you know, you're, you're right now negotiating pretty tough with Arlington Heights. You're the bears are. Yes. Uh, you're acting like you're big money. And then you run that out there again. You run something like that out there again. And I've said it before. We got screens now. Like, we don't all huddle around a screen anymore. Yeah. I mean, we're Bears fans. We'll probably die Bears fans. We'll probably be yelling about this when we're 74. And I'll be like, huh? Why? We're going to die because of the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what are you doing for the next generation? Like, why would they watch your organization? Why do you have another coach who's new? Why do you always have coaches that are new, by the way? Because last season, he could have just thought it was an aberration and I'll do the same, the same way because we got better talent now and they have the same problem. 
And, and well, why would people keep watching this crap? Why, if you're 20, would you keep watching this crap? If you grew up with a some a separate screen from your parents, you don't have to watch their crap. You go into a bar not nowadays, and there's not the Bears game isn't on every screen. Not in Chicago. You can watch another game. You could be watching. You know, if it's noon, you can be watching a Chiefs game, even though the Chiefs. You could be watching a Bengals game, even though the Bengals. So I'm hoping that's what it is, but I mean, why would you continue to watch this crap for this many years? I mean, why would you continue to do it? Uh, I'm going to. Yeah, I look. I am. Uh, that's my thirty thousand feet view. But what's that? That's my thirty thousand feet feet view. Like that's pulled back from all of this. Like, why would you? Right. Look, so, I crap. I am I've taken in a lot of Chicago sports radio today and purposely um, because I wanted to listen to the fans not even just like the I I was screaming at a couple of radio shows today because the hosts are they're they're jumping off the bridge with the fans I should say Mm -hmm. and Look, I the Bears yesterday. There's there's no excuses for it. They were unprepared. They they were not ready for Week One. Uh, they were not very well coached. They the game plan was terrible. And Justin Fields, however, I will say this: for a guy who had no blocking, was rushed on eighty six percent of his passes yesterday. 86% of his passes were rushed. That's not good. That's not good at all. He, I felt like he had a really good game for a guy with all of those deficits against him. Now, that being said, he made some really bad mistakes. That interception yeah. was a really bad mistake. Oof. He owned it, though. That might be his worst or one of his worst. He he owned it in the post game press conference. He said, "Look, I you know I saw you know I had um, DJ one on one on the sidelines. He, uh, you know I probably should have taken that shot along the sidelines." He said, "But you know I saw Mooney coming across the middle, and I had a window, and I tried to take it, and they closed that window really quick." So he knows what he did wrong there. He knows he should have taken a shot. He knows that he made a mistake. And Jeremiah saying stop it, Justin, was bad too. Jeremiah, before he threw that interception that I just talked about, he was 15 of 19. Yes, he finished the guy, I believe it was 24 of 37, which is over 60% completion percentage. But he was he the game plan was to throw dink and dunks. And every time that he tried to go and look for anybody deep, either A, anybody, so there was nobody open, or B, the pocket just collapsed on him. So to say that Justin was bad, I think is crazy to me. Because I don't, I'm not saying he was good. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's an incomplete grade. It's an incomplete grade because you can't evaluate him based off of what you saw yesterday. 
You can't evaluate a performance based off of a guy who was rushed on 86% of his throws. You can't evaluate a performance on a guy who was given a game plan that did not involve the wide receiver that they traded the number one pick for. He had two targets, two targets in the first half, zero targets in the second half. And that was the game plan. I listened to Matt Eberflus talk this morning on a local radio show and give no answers and just skate around everything and just get And It was like, why did you even accept the interview? Why did you even come on this radio show and say, yes, I will talk with you guys on a Monday after because you're not, you're not answering any questions. Jeremiah also says he was throwing horizontally all day. He better be over 60%. He missed open guys downfield regularly. Wait for all 22. I'm going to wait for all 22. And and when it comes out, I'm I'm certainly, I, I'm actually anticipating it because I, I really can't wait to watch this. However, he was throwing horizontally all day, but everybody, including Matt Eberflus this morning, said that that was the game plan. Now, is that the game plan? What we need to know what we need to understand is, is this the game plan because you don't trust Justin Fields and you don't think he's capable of throwing the ball downfield? Or is this the game plan because you are inept at play calling? I don't know what the answer is here because you you haven't given us any reason to think that Justin Fields isn't the guy. You haven't given us any reason to think that you don't believe in Justin Fields. So at some point, because Justin Fields had no problem telling us yesterday that that was the game plan. So he was covering himself for why he's throwing vertically all day long. Now, when these come out, when the All-22 does come out, when we can see downfield and we can see where the wide receivers are when Justin makes the decision to check down and not take shots downfield, then yes, then we maybe we can criticize him or maybe, Jeremiah, maybe you will go ahead and you will see that he just had nobody open all day long. That the the Packers had a perfect game plan for the Chicago Bears. Now, people talk about on the same side that Jordan Love had a great game. Jordan Love looked really good. Oh, Green Bay got it right again. Compare the numbers. Compare the number because Jordan Love was only like he was 13 for 27 or something like 14 for 27. Yeah. He threw a lot of passes low and a lot of passes high. Yes, he threw for three touchdowns, but the difference between that and, and what Justin Fields did is that Jordan Love was playing against a defense that blew coverages the entire second half. If you're not if you're not going to get uh, pressure even semi consistently, even below average, he said semi five. Yeah, five <laughs> to six, five to six seconds. And you're not getting pressure seven seconds. Like there's no secondary that can defend against against that. There isn't. Yes. I mean, it was it was he had all the time in the world, and you thought it'd be a little bit better than that. Stop, Jeremiah. He was immaculate on third down because the Bears coverage was horrendous in the secondary. He had wide open wide receivers to throw to. Something Justin Fields did not have. He did. Uh I mean it, he does say he was mostly pedestrian, but uh, you're pedestrian. And uh, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, <laughs> slow down. I'm aggravated. Breathe. I didn't really, you know, it's 
I don't know. I just I, I was aggravated in the uh, because I thought he got the first down in that first drive. I really did. Uh, and and even the broadcasters thought it, but I'm not going to go on with the broadcasters say because Greg Olson had a bad day. But you know, people have bad days. I I I still think he's a good broadcaster, but he had a real bad day. Seeing yes. defender had a good uh, a good play in the back of the end zone against Cole Komet when he's his back is to the ball and he's pushing Cole Komet to the back of the end zone. It was just it was, and there was a lot of that of that, which happens a lot in football. I have no idea why. I mean, there's 30 or what, 30, 32 different broadcast groups in baseball, and they seem to get a lot right. Yes. How is football so bad? And they have like six groups or 10, whatever they have now. They used to have like six to seven to eight booze, whatever they have now, and they're that bad. But I, I'm not going to get in, into the broadcasting. It, it's just, it's the same thing, Combs. I, I hate to say it. It's the same thing again. Yeah. If this was a microcosm, if this was the first game of the year and yeah, we saw this and that. and Yeah, we have to give them time and be fine. But this is the same thing we've been going through. Like in the in the in the offseason, one of the first episodes we ever did, I said, I want a left tackle. I want a damn left tackle. I don't want a right tackle. I don't want a right tackle. A right tackle, you can get off a heap somewhere. I want a left tackle, not Braxton Jones, who did have a holding call, did have an offsides call. I, I could be wrong on one of those and, and gave up a sack. Definitely gave up a sack. I, I don't know if they're going to uh, – I don't know if uh, pro football focus, who's the most favorable goddamn to, to a player ever in Braxton Jones. He was terrible yesterday. Lucas Patrick was terrible. Cody Whitehair was terrible yesterday. Yes, I'm not going to get on Darnell Wright. He, he he's a damn rookie. He seemed to have some good blocks there, especially on the goal line. I thought Rashawn Johnson probably had the best play as a rookie. Your fourth round pick, by the way. Yeah, I, it's just the same thing again with the offensive line, and it's been every damn year. I mm-hmm. mean, you could say what you want about Cutler, but half the time he got hurt because his offensive line couldn't block anybody. Oh, Dominic and Sue, why don't we double team that guy? He's slamming his head against the turf. You give up six goddamn sacks with Jay Cutler in the first half on a Monday night game. It's one thing they don't can't. You can't have an organization in this city. Again, I'll keep saying it. I don't care until they do something different. That's not innovating. That's not that. That's not doing something different than other people that actually goddamn works. And you cannot keep bringing goddamn head coaches in here where it's their first year. It's yeah. or the first time being a head coach because you could see that ever everfluss whatever the hell. <laughs> now you got me angry. You could see he's he's out of his depth. You you can definitely see. He is out of his depth. He does not know how to prepare a team because he had a bad, he had one of the worst rosters you'll ever see last year. So he could pin everything on that. And now this year, he doesn't get them ready for the game because he doesn't really know how. And you got guys like Chase Claypool who have the worst game. Why is he on the field if he's going to play like that? Missing blocks blatantly, like he's standing behind a damn counter trying to block somebody. The missing catches that you talked about Justin Fields accuracy. He was nine for 10, I think at one yep. point and chase Claypool was the drop pass. He was the only, he would have been 10 for 10 and yes, yep. they were doing a lot of horizontal stuff, but he had a beautiful pass to Mooney 
in between the coverage. He had a beautiful pass to Mooney on the run in between the coverage, 20 yards in the beginning of the game. Yeah, I mean, he, they must be going horizontal. for It's either the offensive line or, or Justin Fields. It's one of the two. It, it can't be. Or it's both. <laughs> it could be both. I mean, do they think he's that bad? How do they, how do they even evaluate him? Look, we know that the knock on Justin Fields, and I've known this since college because it was a knock on him I had coming out of Ohio State and into the draft, is that he holds onto the ball too long sometimes, yeah. right? So are some of these sacks on him? And that's what the All-22 will show. Mm-hmm. Are you holding onto the ball too long? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And well, if that's see a lot of that last year, and we watched, right. we both watched the 22, not together, but separately, but he, we here's, did. Here's how you fix that. You give him an offensive line that he doesn't have to worry about getting murdered from, from either side when he's not looking. Here's the secret. And, and, that's, and that's the problem is that he's, you're trying to, you're trying to go vertical or I'm sorry, lateral on these, some of these passes, horizontal, however you want to call it. You're trying to do that with these passes because you know your offensive line is trash. You got to get rid of the ball quickly. How about the, how about the Green Bay Packers off defensive lineman yesterday that had Justin Fields dead to rights, but found, figured, oh, you know what? Never mind. You're throwing a screen pass. So I'm going to cover the guy you're throwing the ball to. Yeah. Like, we don't have anybody that can do that. How do you? There's not many passes thrown in the NFL where it's not like a disastrous play and you lose seven yards. Like it was like they ran the play pretty cleanly, and they still lost seven yards. Well, yeah, I mean, I I'm not saying anything anybody doesn't know that has watched football. You can put a jumbo set in there. You can put three guys out. You don't have to have a good offensive line. You, I mean, you you'd like to. But you can put a jumbo set out there. They got that what with Mercedes. I forget his name. He's been in the league for like twenty five years. <laughs> a blocking tight end. Cole yes. Komet is a can block. Well, that's he why Cole Komet wasn't a big part of the uh, offensive plan yesterday because they had to keep him on the line. You put both of those guys in there, and you put Rashawn Johnson, who's a grown ass man at twenty two. Holy cow! You put him in the backfield, and you put three receivers out. Without looking at the stat box, do you know how many catches Cole Komet had yesterday? He had one drop. Do you know how many catches he had? I don't think he had a catch, did he? He he had five. (laughs) He had five catches yesterday. Nobody knows it because everybody everybody was looking at it like Cole Komet's not part of the game plan. And Cole Komet was, but they they had to keep him there because they kept breaking through the damn line. I had Chase Claypool on the on the mind that I thought it, for some reason well, that both are for zero yards. Yeah, that's our that's our number two, by the way. And <laughs> you you've got to. I always saw as a Bears fan, we said there was going to be gross overreaction if they lost this game. For perception, they had to win this game. Otherwise, Bears fans were jumping off of bridges, jumping off of roofs, and they were going to start going crazy, and they were going to start turning on Justin Fields, and. I heard that a lot today from from fans is that they are already off of the wagon. Now, if Justin Fields goes out, if they do unleash him this week and they do allow him to throw downfield, I would rather you throw a pick going downfield than for you to to sit there and hold on to the ball too long. This many checkdowns. But the difference in that too is you have to there was a quarterback about five years ago, who I said was a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, and people were going to realize it. 
And he was the only quarterback that season that threw for 5,000 yards and 30-plus touchdowns. The only quarterback in the league to do it that year. And his name was Jameis Winston. The problem was he threw 30 interceptions. Yes. Because he took shots deep. And he took he wasn't afraid to sling the ball when receivers weren't open. He said, I'm going to throw it up there. You make a play. And what happened was he got crucified and lost his starting job and never regained it back because he's a gunslinger, because he throws picks. Aaron, or not Aaron Rodgers, but Brett Favre was the same way. And Brett Favre's a Hall of Fame quarterback. So you if you are if you want Justin Fields to take more shots deep, if you want Justin Fields to start opening it up, you have to be okay with him throwing interceptions. Because we don't have playmakers other than DJ Moore on this team. We don't have it. So he's if he throws the ball up, we're gonna lose a lot of those jump balls. Darnell Mooney is five foot three. He's not winning a jump ball in the end zone. You're, you you could throw it to Cole Komet, but he's gonna get held in the end zone and nobody's gonna call it. Yes. Because that's exactly what happened yesterday. He got held on the play. He got interfered with on the play. Illegal contact on the field on the play. No flags. There were and flags. The, and the there Bears were, had, yeah, there, well, there were plenty of flags. But was, False start. Offense. The entire offensive line. <laughs> it, it, and it was probably holding on Braxton Jones the next time because he can't block without holding. He's out of his element. Yeah, and he's I, I I don't know what he was doing on that one play. I forgot yeah. who came free. So many people came free. I saw three. I tried to rewatch part of the game. That interception was terrible. He had two other guys open where where he for unexplicably he didn't pass to. And I'm I'm not sure the fumble was much better. I couldn't really see. They kind of like zero in on a guy when he starts to run. Uh he tucked the ball, but uh yeah, I mean, there's a lot more wrong than the there. There's there's no quarterback that could, that could resurrect this team. I, I, at least I don't think there is. Um, well, I would say Aaron Rodgers, but he got hurt on the first play of the game tonight, and, and he looks like he might be done for the season. As they just showed him walking off in a boot. Yeah, one year, bro, I fucking broke Dude. my back pretty much. Ro- Robert Sala's just staring in disbelief at the camera the rest of the game. Like that's how every time they put a camera on him, he just he can't believe what he's about to go through. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's his quarterback again. He's like, Are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? I gotta go through this again. They should just stay during press conferences, they should just send Lovey up there. If you want to keep Zach Wilson happy, Robert Sala, just introduce him to your mom. That's what he likes. Introduce him to your mom. He'll be happy. Jesus Christ. I look, I the Bears are not as bad as they played yesterday, but they also might not be as good as we thought that they were. I did not think that the offensive line was going to be this bad. And if, if it was just a week one thing because they didn't play in the preseason, which now is now another topic, because I used to not care, but after that display, you might like, it might be like, if you don't make the playoffs, you need to play in the preseason because like, yeah. You were not ready for week one. Now, if they go out against Tampa Bay, and if they, they go out and they win by two scores against Tampa Bay, three scores against Tampa Bay, and do to Tampa Bay what Green Bay did to them, then, then all is right with the world, and we start believing in this team again. And then if they go out against Kansas City and they at least put up a fight in Kansas City, which I don't expect to see, but if they do put up that fight, then then great. 
but from what I'm what I'm seeing from this team as of doubting Thomas, the Bears are who we thought they were. I heard a lot of that, or they are were not who we thought they were. Yeah, I don't know and, and we're looking at our my my beautiful open that I did yesterday, <laughs> or I don't know. It's just a used line. I know, but go on. So it, for me, I don't. I'm not going to jump off of the train. I'm not going to jump off of, you know, the, the bears, you know, can't fix this. The bears can't turn around. They can't write the ship. They can't do any of this. Right. But the bears, they have to fix it now because if you go, zero and two, you got the chief staring at you in week three, you're zero and three. And if the Broncos somehow figure it out and you're 0-4, you're done. See, that's the thing. I'm not doing this again this year. I'm not doing it again. Like, yeah, you, you are. Sean Payton doesn't have this team at least ready, at least competent. I mean, do you think? I don't Andy know. I Reed watched them yesterday. They were ready or competent. Well, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of sloppy play, even from veteran, veteran coaches. But, do, I mean, this was the sloppiest play out of any team. It was the Chicago. Oh, I mean, did you see the Giants play Sunday night football? Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I think the Cowboys are better than the Packers. I really do. And I think think the Cleveland Browns are better than the Packers, too. By the way, they definitely have a much better defense uh, and and a better quarterback. Uh, I mean, and those were the two games where teams that were supposed to be a little bit better were sloppy because Joe Burrows looked terrible. And and I just put up the uh, the thing. I it, but it that's happening in a micro. That's happening. He did lose to the Raiders, but that's happening. You do have a, a competent uh, quarterback there for the Raiders. I mean, it's 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 not that bad in Raider Land. But that that's all happening in a shell. That's all happening with with organizations that are actually okay, not the Raiders. But you know, even the Bengals, even the Browns look better than the Bears right now. I mean. These are the Chiefs. No one's no one's going nuts in Chief land. This is the Bears. This is after they go three and fourteen. This is after the Nagy era. This is after the Mark Tressman era. This you, is after all that crap. And now we have to see this again. They're not even prepared because you have a coach who is brand fucking new. And you have you, a left tackle who you got in the fifth fucking round. Is Jerry Reinsdorf running this team? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's been some comparisons. John sent me a thing of uh, uh, fucking Scooby-Doo pulling off a mask. and It's it's a Bears mask, and then it's the White Sox. I mean. <sighs> yeah. So the report, the report, by the way, just for all those that are watching us live, is that yeah. Rodgers has an Achilles tear. Unreal. Which puts him out for the year, just like that's what it looked like. Just like J.K. Dobbins, um, who who I drafted in my big money league, and yeah, you don't come back from an Achilles tear at forty. No, that about Verlander with the with with Tommy John, but Rogers is Rogers doesn't like football enough to come back from an Achilles tear. That's the problem. It's gonna take a lot of ayahuasca to get over that. (laughs) I mean, I I I actually wanted I actually I actually wanted him to play. I thought it'd be interesting to see the Jets have uh, what 
you know, was going to be an above average quarterback no matter what. If is this played. just the, the NFL? Is this just the football gods looking down at the New York Jets and being like, no, you don't get to be good. You guys, you went through this whole offseason thinking you were going to contend in the, in the AFC Girl, East. I can't. Boom. Goodbye. There was a podcast. Someone was talking on a podcast. We're like, they didn't know why this Jets fan had committed suicide. <laughs> it was almost like because oh of the God. Jets. And the guy had committed suicide. Like, I mean, it it, it is something else. Uh, I, I, you know, the only thing that's where, I mean, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it used to be the Jets. And, the, you know, I think Jack Zach Wilkinson could be maybe serviceable with that team. At least that Jets team is a little bit better than what, what the Bears got going. I mean, you do not have an offensive line or a defensive line. That's not one player away. I think they did all right against the run yesterday. You don't think they did all right against the run yesterday? They did okay in the first half. Well, they did okay until uh, Aaron Jones decided to pull a hammy. A lot of teams, yeah, that too. A lot of teams do okay against the run in the first half. It's the second half that 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 you're worried about when you're going against the run. I mean, Pickens looked okay, but Dexter looked lost. Yeah, Justin Jones was terrible. Justin Jones did not get. I I think I I was looking at the. I don't think he got one tackle. Edmonds had a great day. I think Edmonds had a very yeah. good. Day. He had a pretty um, good day. Yeah, Edmonds had a good day. Boy, I, I I'd be the one looking on the bright side. No, well, because look, I told you yesterday during the Bears pregame show, I'm not going to overreact to Week One in the grand scheme of things. I put this hot poker in my ass. I'm going to chop my dick off. And that's what most Bears fans are doing right now. But I just, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's week one. I also know that we were 1-0 last year after week one. And we won two damn games the rest of the year. Yeah. And that so, game was sort of, you know. I the- also know that when you look at the schedule, we are playing the NFC South with four rebuilding teams in it. We are playing the Las Vegas Raiders. We are playing. Yes, we have to play the Chiefs, but we also do they play are, Carolina. Is that the seventh, eighth game? Something like that. They lose the Carolina. Something like that. Everybody gets fired. If if this team doesn't pull Carolina out of this, have if this team lose, if this team loses to Tampa Bay and then they lose to the Chiefs, I'm telling you right now, they're going to. They're, we're going to watch the same thing we saw last year, and they are going to take the season away, and they're going to end up with the number one pick again, and they're going to end up with whatever Carolina's pick ends up being, which is maybe number two or number three. Maybe the only game they try to win is Carolina. I mean, because seriously, what if you go zero and three? You're not coming back from that. Very few teams in the NFL history have yeah. made the playoffs after starting 0-3. And you're not beating Kansas City. I mean, let's, let's just face it. They're going to get their shit together. I, I mean, Maggie, I mean look. Someone is going to take that did that weird laminated thing away from him. It, it, they will, but it'll be after the Bears game. Because they're going to let Nagy try to beat the Bears. Yeah, probably. Because if there is any team that can come back from 0-3, it's the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid after they take the play calling away from Matt Nagy. You know, they can go 0-3 and then finish the season 14-3. and Can we because, just can Because we they, they have good players. They have they have quality talent on their team. If, if we do if we can we just do the open again? Can we just go back? Can we just just 36 hours? By the way, Kansas City just just re-signed Chris Jones a a few hours ago. So he ended his holdout, and Chris Jones will be playing against the Chicago Bears in two weeks. 
Justin Fields is going to die. As I put this hot poker <laughs> in my ass, I'm going to chop my dick off. Look, no, in, Jeremiah, stop it. It's not Caleb Williams talking. Look, if you have the number one and number two pick, I think you keep those picks. However, I think you keep those picks and you go after the best offensive lineman in the draft. And obviously, you go after Marvin Harrison Jr. They should get you don't, you don't trade those players, picks. Yeah. You don't trade those picks. You don't do anything with those picks. And and look, Ryan Poles, you're you're on the clock, buddy, because you came in and said we were taking the North and never giving it back. Not once did you ever say it was going to be in 2030. Stop that. Not once did you ever say we're going to have to wait 10 years before we take the North. You said we were taking it and never giving it back. And after yesterday, you have got a lot to prove because some of these moves that you made, they looked good on paper, but you may not have hired the right coach to make them transfer over to the field. Sean Payton was available and you hired Matt Eberflus. So you need to own this, and you better fix If I am Ryan Pauls, I had a meeting with Matt Eberflus before the plane left last night. You, oh, actually, you, the plane didn't leave because they're in Chicago. Before you got back to the locker room, I was sitting outside of the door, if I'm Ryan Pauls. And I said, meet me in your office. And I walk into your office, and I say, you've got two weeks to fix this. If we are 0-3 coming out of Kansas City, somebody else is taking over this team. Because if if this is not fixed, I look like an asshole. And, and, and if you, I'm going to look like an asshole, you're going to get axed really quick, and I'm going to find somebody to fix it so I can show everybody else, hey, well, I can hire the right guy. Every GM gets two coaches, don't they? Well, he's going to have to get his really quick because he, if this is what it is, if Eberflus is going to continue to just try to dink and dunk past teams if he is not going to allow a guy that you have, have predicated your future on in Justin Fields and not all because that's what you have to do if you are Matt Eberflus you have to say you know what kid sink or swim we are going to try to obliterate teams that we need to obliterate we are going to try to destroy the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you throw the ball deep and if it gets picked off it gets picked off but I need to see you read defenses. I need to see you pick this damn exactly. team apart because exactly. this team is no good. No, the team that you are playing two weeks from now against the, uh, the Denver Broncos is in the tailspin. Uh, the, that Viking, the Vikings should have won by you know 14, 17, whatever points they should have yeah. won by two scores. Well, I was watching that whole first half, and when and I'm like, oh, the Vikings are going to roll these guys because every time that they went yeah. in after Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield heard footsteps and he curled into the fetal position. Like it was weird because it looked like he was scared to get hit, and I was like, I, I, I was like, I, I don't know what I'm watching right now. Why does Baker Mayfield look so scared to play quarterback in the NFL? And that's exactly what it looked like. I'm like, okay, th- this team should be easy to beat. Same thing when you play Carolina, when you when you play the Falcons. These teams should not be beat. If Desmond Ritter outperforms Justin Fields. I will. This jersey behind me will be coming off the wall. Uh, yeah, I don't think that'll happen. I, I think he'll, I think he'll get it together. I do too. I think he will. I, I mean, I, 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 you know, I agree with you. I, I don't think it was exactly bad. 
uh, every quarterback, even the best quarterbacks, and people could say what they want, even the best quarterbacks have a couple bad plays almost every game, even in their best games. No quarterback, uh, you know, goes very rare unless you have Rich Gannon in whatever playoff game that was when he was like 25 for 25. Uh, it just doesn't happen much. It, there's a lot going on. Uh, and you have guys. I, I, I counted three guys that came in on, unblocked and he got away from one, actually. And, and the, you know, at some point in the broadcast, they're like, well, he hasn't been sacked yet. So the, actually the offensive line has done okay. He had been like, it, it, he had been under siege and not yeah. Seagal in that terrible movie with Tommy Lee Jones. Why did you do that to Tommy Lee Jones? But anyway, yeah, I mean, he was absolutely like he had no chance on some of those plays. And that's the thing. You have a quarterback that could go through three years. Without, yeah. being, without being properly evaluated. He's already not been properly evaluated. At the very least with Jalen Hurts, who I've compared him to, and Josh Allen, uh, you had some evaluation through the first two years, even if it was bad. There was evaluation. Right. I mean, you can't even evaluate this guy. I mean, I'm not the only one to be that saying it. I mean, everybody's looking at it. You can't even do that. Right. It's ridiculous. And Ryan Poles was supposed to be the guy to build an offensive line. He was the guy I've, I've said on this show that he was supposed to be able to build offensive line. I, I trust him. How do I trust him after this game? I mean, something has got to, something has got to change. I have got to look back on this and be like, yeah, I guess. I overreact a little bit. My my only hope is that it was sloppy. It's week one. And a lot of these teams were sloppy. There was a lot of sloppy football play. That will not be happening three or four weeks from now. I like sloppy, but not on the football field. Jeremiah Murray says, have you not figured out this regime is okay with being bad another year? They held back because they know the talent isn't there on this team yet. So here's here would be my problem with that. If you are okay with being bad. And if that is a correct statement, which I, I don't think it is, I think that they thought that they got better. I think that they thought they made some right moves. And I think that they thought they were going to be a team that contended for this division. I really believe that. But if you weren't, then you needed, instead of Ryan Poles going the same route that Bears fans have been led year after year after year for the last 40 freaking years, what you needed to do was come and go the Theo Epstein route because you're a new GM. You need to come and be like, look, we're going to be bad for a couple of years, but by 2024, 2025, we're going to compete. Then bears fans would have, they, we would have nothing to complain about. We would have nothing to argue about, but you sold to us that you were getting better. You sold to us that you were making the right moves. You sold to us that Tremaine Edmonds and the other linebacker that you got and Nate Jones, you you sold to us that Nate Jones was going to be a better offensive lineman than yeah. Orlando Brown. You know what? Orlando Brown showed up to practice. Orlando Brown showed up to, to uh, workouts. Orlando Brown showed up to preseason games. And Orlando Brown played his ass off. And Nate Jones was winded after two damn plays. So yeah, don't was... sell that to us if, if that's what you, because the problem now with Chicago sports is that we expect that if we're going to lose, that you at least tell us we're going to lose. White Sox fans are sick of being fed the shit that they're being fed. Yeah. 
Blackhawks fans in the late 90s, early 2000s were sick of the shit they were being fed. Cubs fans got sick of the shit they were being fed. And what happened was the, the Blackhawks got a GM that came in and said, look, we're going to get better, and I promise you that. And they changed everything about that team, and they won three Stanley Cups. The Cubs had a GM come in and said, look, we're going to be bad for a couple of years, but I promise you we're going to be better, and we're going to compete. And that's what happened, and they won a World Series after 108 years. Like years, the yeah, 108 years. You act like the White Sox didn't have to wait like like uh, 97 or something. 89. Like 89. All right, yeah, because that's way better than 108 years. I'll be 50 in eight years, asshole. Yeah, yeah. At any rate, time. Don't short sell me. <laughs> I just, I think that if they expected to be bad. Then Ryan Poles went about this the wrong way. Yeah, and Ryan Poles. He's he's gonna look. Bears fans are done. They're done. We're we're done with being the team that never has a a competent staff. We're done being the team that never has the the same ability to go out and grab the players that we absolutely positively want and not worry about how much we're spending on them. We want to be the Jets going after Aaron Rodgers, not particularly, but in, you know, yeah. in jest, okay. right? Yeah. Like you want to be the guy, the team that goes out and says, you know what? Let's go get DeAndre Hopkins. Let's go add to, to our wide receiver core. Let's go out and let's go get Chris Jones, the defensive end. Let's trade what we need to trade. Well, you guys want a, a second and a third round pick? Here's your second and third round pick. Give us one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Because you're not going to get anything with those second or third round picks. That's going to be better than what Chris Jones is going to provide for you. Yeah, and, and we sat like which and we were kind of like linebackers. I mean, when when they first did when they first made those moves. Yes. A while ago now, I don't, months ago, uh, we sat on the show and said, linebacker, okay. Like, yeah, Jermaine Edmonds is good. TJ McBride is good. Uh, you know, Jack Sanborn is the savior. No, but we thought <laughs> that's kind of weird, you know, especially since you got rid of a middle linebacker who's one of the best in the league. At some point, you have to change your culture, though. And I'm not talking about your culture of being a defensive team and a run first team. Do do whatever you want in that aspect. As long as you're winning, I don't care if you're a defensive team. I don't care if you're a run first team. I'd like to be a high powered offense, but if you're not that, but you're still winning games, I am fine with that. If we're watching Rex Grossman, let a defense lead him to a Super Bowl and we're in a Super Bowl. I'm okay with that. But I, what I am not okay with is, is the inept ability to just let this kid sink or swim. Let's just get. I tell. I I told my boss this last week. She goes, "Well, these new guys that we hired, who do you who do you think's equipped for what?" I said, "Here's what you do: you figure out what jobs you want, and then you go all three hundred on them. This is Sparta, and you kick them down the fucking hole and let them figure it out. Because if they're not good enough to do the things that we need them to do, then they're not good enough to be here. So." Same damn thing. If Justin Fields is not good enough to figure out a defense and read a defense and throw a ball downfield when he's supposed to throw a ball downfield, let him sink. If we were all wrong about him, we will figure that out. Yeah. 
But you have you have no choice but to let him sink because if not, then you're going to be with Tyson Bajan. And and by week four, if this team's on four, there are going to be people calling for Tyson Bajan. There are people calling for him yesterday. I saw a Facebook post oh, no. that said Tyson Bajan yeah, would have had this team in, in the end zone three times already. Is what I saw on Facebook. A post on Facebook. Oh my god! People are ridiculous. But let this kid sink or swim. Yeah, they don't. Do, they don't do that. And uh, Jeremiah Murray, that's what we did in 18, and, and it just got worse. No, they, they didn't let him seek or swim. Matt Nicky refused to change his playbook for anybody. Nobody changed it. Matt Nicky did not allow for it. He, the the Bears. He's in 2018. It wasn't that bad. Well, that's the, that's the thing, though. It was his Our, second season. He had that weird season. This is going to sound really familiar. He had that weird season with John Fox. And then Nagy comes in. He has a pretty good season in 18. Can we have a Scooby-Doo moment? <laughs> False start. Offense. The entire offensive line. <laughs> so, I look. Matt Nagy was incapable of changing his playbook for anybody. My question, and I heard this question earlier today, is are the Bears just incapable of developing a quarterback? Are the Bears just ruining quarterback after quarterback? Because I remember watching uh, um, uh, God, Trubisky, run, and I kept saying, well, when he's out of the pocket, he's actually pretty accurate. When he's throwing while he's on the move, he is better than when he's in the pocket. So roll him out. And all Matt Nagy wanted to do was six and seven step drops with him. He did the yeah. same thing to, to, to Justin Fields. You don't have the offensive line equipped for that. You've got to do rollouts. You've got to be able to get these guys on the move. And that's where Justin Fields is comfortable. And you keep putting him in this pocket that he doesn't know when is going to collapse and cave on him. It's a. It was another... First time coach, I'm sorry, who did not know how to prepare a team, who's well, just doing it on the fly. Eber, Eberflus is not the one calling the offensive plays, though. The, we, our offensive coordinator is calling the plays, and this guy came from Green Bay, who ran a pretty damn good offense. So we can't we can't blame Eberflus for 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 what he the problem said, is with the offense. He's setting up the team. He said he was in the offensive meetings. He said he wanted to see how it went. He said, you know, he's also setting up the team. He's putting the plan together. Right. I no, I, I agree with that. He wasn't a boob yesterday. He obviously was. Anybody who watched the game could, could see that. Like throw the ball downfield, at least give it a try. He did that a lot last year, too. He had a lot of head shaking moments. But this is the guy leading the team. This is the guy saying, We're not gonna play these guys in preseason. This is the guy saying, we, we were in practice. We had practice with the Colts. But, but this is also – I blame him for the defense because he this guy is a defensive mind. That's who they hired, and, and he ran a really damn good defense with the Colts, and it's just not transferring here. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he needs to read his personnel and change his scheme for the personnel. I don't know what the deal is, but you can't you can't put what's going on. Getsy was in Green Bay – with a great quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, top five, if you ask me, and he was doing just fine. So either A, Luke Getze was just fo- 
just dragged along by Aaron Rodgers' coattails and really didn't know what he was doing, or B, he doesn't think that Justin Fields is capable of running an offense. Or he doesn't have the offensive line that they had in Green Bay when well, that too. when Aaron Rodgers won two back-to-back MVPs. Yes. They had a pretty damn good offensive line, top five. Well, plus Aaron Rodgers throws four picks a season. <laughs> like, he doesn't throw interceptions. He, he's great at, at, at not turning the ball over. But you, you've got to, you have got to do something because right now it looks more like it's you than it does Justin Fields. And if it's Justin Fields, you need to let us know. You need to let us know. Because I, I what I'm hearing, what I heard from a fan today that called in, said that there is, uh, he was out on a golf outing and he was with some, some Green Bay Packers executives. And they were talking about Jordan Love and how much they like Jordan Love. And he asked them, what do you think about our quarterback? And the response from these guys who were drinking and who, who had a little bit too much to drink and actually answered this guy honestly, said, you mean the best running back in the league? Yeah. And, and, but, but if that is the perception around the league, that he's not scaring you with his arm, you either need to change it because everybody knows that he can't pass and you need to show them that he can. Or you're just going, you're going to get fired. You went from a guy in Luke Getze who, if you run a great offense and if this offense succeeds, you're looking at a head coaching position next year to a guy who is not going to be able to move up because you couldn't get it done. Yep. So if you're Luke Getze, you got to think about yourself too. Hey, look, this isn't me. This is this kid. I can make the play calls. Here's the play calls. It's this kid. He can't do it. And we all need to know that. We don't know that. Nobody's telling us what it is. We got a lot of finger pointing going on. Yeah, I mean, you got an offense that just doesn't seem confident in itself. I mean, uh... And you uh, throw to DJ Moore twice. Yeah. The guy you traded the number one pick for. People with him. He's not getting much blocking downfield, and he's dragging people with him. It wasn't a very well-designed play, but he made it good. Or, you know, both plays. One was just a catch where he didn't really run after the catch, but he's dragging guys with him on the second play. Looks like they got some momentum. They don't go back to him. They do not go back to him. Oh, yeah, did we did we run? And then, you know, did we run plays? Did we run some plays to him? Yeah, we did. Yeah, you know, it just didn't work out. Well, how many plays did you run to him? Because in, in the Eagles game last year, when Jalen Hurts didn't really have a good game against the Bears, he and, and uh, uh, Johnson had a great game against A.J. Brown, but they threw to A.J. Brown like, 18 times yeah. it was something like that i'd have to go back and look at it aj brown had like 10 catches 120 yards and a touchdown yep. he missed eight catches but they threw to him 18 motherfucking times yes like what is going on here i mean jalen johnson i was trying to think about on the something that, and then the, the other thing that baffled me yesterday roshan johnson like almost kills a packer defender on a run play like just barrels him over, knocks him. The guy was so pissed that he got embarrassed that he got up and tried to fight Roshan. <laughs> like, like that, that was it, and it was an incredible run, and it set up a touchdown play. And the very next series, Roshan Johnson was nowhere to be found on the yeah. field. That's a coaching problem. This, this is the guy that's working. 
Yeah. This is a guy that just shown he can run people over, and you're like, yeah, sit down. And you're and you you kept with the horizontal play. It was just. It was weird. In the fourth quarter, down by 24 points, they 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 did a quarterback draw. Yeah. What are you doing? And don't get me like I, I listen to, to. I'm gonna call him out, Cap and Jay Hood this morning on ESPN 1000. Yeah, Cap and Jay Hood this morning were talking and they were boasting about how good of an analyst Greg Olson is. And they played about how he's he said you can't be loafing around with with uh, you know you just wasted 24 seconds. But what they failed to play was three minutes before that when he said you, you can't get caught chasing 24 points here and, and risk getting your players injured. Yeah, I mean, that was – he had a bad game. He had a really bad game. It was game. terrible. Nicole Komet, there was a couple other plays where it was like, that's not what happened, man. Yes. Go back on it and be like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, I thought I've, I had seen that. No, I saw this. They they don't say that even in football. It's kind of crazy sometimes. You know, so, some of the analysts do it, but he just didn't have a good game. I mean, you know, first game of the season, maybe they were even sloppy there on the broadcast crew. But like, it was. But Jay, Jay Hood and Cap were were like boasting about how great of an analyst he was, and they, and they kept playing that, that clip. And I'm like, and they even told Eberflus about it. They said because and Cap sounded like he was he was just uh, attacking Eberflus through the whole thing, which is funny too that I'm talking about this because in about two weeks, Hoodie's going to be my my. Uh, teacher in at <laughs> Illinois Media School, so um, I might show him this clip. But he, you you kept playing a clip that showed this guy saying one thing, but three minutes ago he had said the exact opposite thing. <laughs> but you just you kept going with this one thing because you wanted to ask the coach about it because you agreed with it. But what about what he said three minutes prior to that? Like I just I it it baffles my mind how hard people jumped off of this thing. I guess it doesn't baffle my mind. I guess I kind of expected it, right? I expected people to jump off the ledge after losing to green Bay. If they were going to lose to green Bay, they, they were bad yesterday. There's no excuse for it. They were out coached. They were out talented. They were out everything yesterday. And they made Jordan love look like he was a superstar. Even though when you look at the numbers and you put them side by side with Justin Fields, they're actually pretty comparable. At any rate, let's talk about some good Chicago uh, sports. Cubs? Let's talk Cubs. Cubs lost three out of four to the Arizona Diamondbacks, but did salvage the game on Sunday, and they do still remain two games ahead of Arizona in the wild card. Um, and they're in Colorado tonight, and they've got – Colorado and then another three-game series with Arizona before returning home for the final homestand. And then they will head out to play Atlanta in Milwaukee to end the season. The Cubs are three games out of the division after Milwaukee blew a combined no-hitter yesterday in extra innings, by the way, and lost the game 4-3. to three. They're three games out of the division. Can they still win this division? Um, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to no. I hope I, mean, I was I, hoping you would stick to this because you mean, said they couldn't win 86 games either. Well, I thought I had them over 500 this season at the very beginning of the season. Yeah, but then when I asked you uh, a month ago, this team had only had they they had they were three games under 500 at the time. I said, can they still win 86, 87 games like I predicted? And you said no. 
I did not think so at the time. I, I, I don't think they can catch up to Milwaukee. I mean, they let kind of Arizona back into this. I'm not going to say it was bad, but, you know, you, you do have some dips in the season like this. You knew they weren't going to just, you know, win every series till the end of the year. That just doesn't happen uh, in baseball. Uh I just think they're too transitional right now. I don't think they I, I don't think they catch up to Milwaukee, but maybe they will. I mean, I thought that we both thought that the Sox were gonna win over 90 games. We thought the Bears were gonna win yesterday. I mean, it, it they yeah. could in fact do it. I, I don't like to get into the prediction game. I, I I just like to I do like what I'm seeing with the Cubs. I think they have a good base. I think what happens this year doesn't really matter in the whole scheme of things when it comes to the Cubs organization, unless you're Virginia McCaskey and you're hundred years old and you might not have another year, but if you're, you know, still pretty young, you know, the next couple of years look pretty bright for the Cubs. I mean, whether they re-signed belly bombs or which is come on, like let's enough, but whether they, whether they re-sign him or not, uh, or re-sign some of these, these more veteran players. It doesn't matter. I feel like they have a good base. I think you do, you do too. I think this organization is going in the right direction. I am not sure how much we're going to be thinking about this year, one or two years from now. So the Cubs since June 1st, after they had that bad May, have only lost six series. In this time frame, up till now, they have only lost six series. Mm-hmm. If they win two out of three out of every series that's left and sweep just one of those series, like Colorado this week, which they, they absolutely could oh, sweep yeah. Colorado. Oof, they're bad. And then they win two out of three the rest of the way, they win 90 games. And, and that. I believe could win you the division. However, I Alzali going down today does not help it. Alzali going to the DL. They did call it PCA. Um, they did yeah. bring back Michael Fulmer off the DL. I I don't think that that helps your cause. I still think they're going to be competitive because they've done it all year long. Uh, they beat the good teams and they struggle versus the bad teams. They're up right now. So <laughs> Chair Murray says Fitz loves since June first stats. Yes. But <laughs> Hoffy. We're not talking bears anymore, Hoffy. Fifty-six minutes of misery. We're done. Anyway, I don't know that they can they can do that. I don't know that they catch Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got too much pitching. Um and they're I think they're pretty set with with a three game lead. I hope that they do. I really, I mean, I'm, I'm not rooting for him to fail, um, but I, I think that the Cubs might actually catch Philadelphia for the number one wild card spot and actually be able to host a wild card series. That'd be I nice. I think that that's possible. I mean, I don't, I don't see that as impossible. I mean, Philly had kind of a really messy game against Atlanta today. Uh, they even came back, uh, uh, but they had, they had some pretty terrible plays. I think that was today's game. It could have been yesterday. I think it was yesterday, but whatever. All the days are blurring together because of the Bears. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think they could catch they they could possibly catch Philly. I I wouldn't th- say that's impossible, but I think you're right. I think Milwaukee just has too much pitching, and I think in the bigger picture, uh, uh, you know, it, it's great that they're going to the playoffs. I mean, I'd be I did not think 
teams that were, you know, oh, they're going to win 86 games. I wouldn't have guessed that would have that would have um, made the wild card, uh, maybe even the first wild card in the National League. I wouldn't have guessed that. And in the American League, I didn't think it was going to be that bad uh, either. I'm not talking about the AL East, but I'm talking about the AL Central. I really didn't think uh, things were going to be this bad. But I, like I said before, I had the Cubs going over 500 this year, especially when they got Dansby Swanson. And I, that was that was without Cody Bellinger having a year like he had. Yeah, and, and not only not only are the the Cubs I, they'll be a game behind Philly if they win the game tonight, but not only did we not expect the Cubs to be number one, but it, Cincinnati's still in the the third wild card hunt. They're only a game and a half behind Arizona, and that would send three NL Central teams to the playoffs. Who the hell would have thought that? I, I didn't even think two guys. I, I thought the only way you get into the, into the postseason out of this division was to win the division. I didn't think any team was going to win the wild card. I, I thought there were too many other good teams in the league, and I thought the Central Division was a really bad division. But they're competing to throw three teams into the playoffs. So I like what the Cubs are doing. I like the call up of PCA. I've been calling for it for a long time, but I, I you know I kind of you know dismiss the fact that uh, the Iowa Cubs were in the playoffs and, and doing all this stuff. And, and now the, the playoff run is over for Iowa. So they were able to call up PCA, but you've, you've got the pieces in place. And, and I mean, I don't see this team going away. I know you, you scoffed at it and you laughed at me when I said, and, and I played it back too after you said it, because I, I never once said that they were going to be uh, do damage in the playoffs. I just said they were going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Okay. Um, I'll listen to it. And, and they are going to be a tough out. in the playoffs. To You're going to have to, because I, I did know. not I'll say they could the do audio. damage. I'll pull the audio. Okay. And, and so they are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Now, my question is, for you, and maybe you could answer this for me because it's a question I, I talked with a buddy about today while we were at work, is who's their starting three? Justin Steele's obviously your number one. Well, yeah. He's starting He's starting the first game of any playoff series. Who's number two and who's number three? I think they're, they're – you know they're going to throw Hendricks out there. <laughs> I, I think he's the only guy with playoff experience, and I think yeah. he's capable. But Jeremiah Assad – has had a really good, really good he still have stretch in the tank. I mean, Jordan Wicks stretched up enough. Is he yeah. stretched out enough? I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, especially in that first series. He's probably fresher than any other pitcher. Probably be a three-game series. I mean, you hope yeah. they win the division and 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 you know get into a longer series, but right. Maybe the best thing you can do is a three-game series, so you're not really worried about that until you get mm-hmm. out of that series, which kind of sucks that yep. you have to play a three-game series. Like, why even have it? Just in baseball, that just that drives me mad. Jeremiah says you bring him up now because he still needs work. PCA needs at bats for the future, and I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because I was going to bring up in 2016. Not that I think the Cubs teams won in the World Series, but in 2016, they brought up a young kid named Wilson Contreras late in the season and made him a third catcher. And they carried three catchers throughout the playoff. This team is deep in the outfield already. They've already got players that they're like Christopher Morrell that they're not finding at bats for, even though Nick magical continues to play every damn day. I, I 
He got a double I, the other day. I heard he he did. And, and look, he, he his average has dipped from 280 to like 263. Um, and he's getting picked off every time he gets on base anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But he, he and he takes. I think he takes like I think he takes six crow hops for every throw that he makes from third base as well. I, there, there's something there. Um, so you've lost your mind. I like I don't. You lost your mind with this kid. He's had an okay season. Yeah, but I'd rather see Christopher Morrell taking at bats. Well, oh, yeah. can Christopher Morrell play play third? Yeah, yeah. I Christopher Morrell can't play third. He played like ten or fifteen games at third base. Oh well, yeah. Then he's probably great at it. I don't know that he's great at it, but I, I don't know. He's he's not as as bad, maybe as as magical like he's not gonna hurt you and this kid's bat is more of it, it's like javi Baez's bat was yes every he's gonna strike out a lot but he's going to make things happen as well yeah. and that was the great thing about javi no, Baez. I, I like i actually like christopher morell he's one of my uh favorite players on the team i i just think he's an exciting player i think i, I think he's gonna be a lot better than you thought he was going to be. Could should I pull that audio too? While they I'm gave, they gave him a start. To, they gave him a start tonight, and he's one for three with a home run. So I mean, I he, I like Chris Morales. You're right. I did when he came up from AAA. I said I don't know that his he's going to transfer to MLB because he is killing AAA pitching just like he was last year. And when he came up, he had one or two good weeks, and then you never heard from him again. And then he started this year again in AAA. So, yeah, I was worried about him, but he, he proved me wrong. I'm always okay with admitting that I'm wrong about a guy being great. Or an entire team. Or an entire team <laughs> being great. 10 to 12 wins is, is exactly what I said. Um, and I'm still sticking with it. I'm not off of that yet, by the way. I, I'm worried. I'm very worried. I'm, I'm also, I, and I'm not afraid to admit that I'm worried about Justin Fields. <sighs> yep. You you have to be at this point. So I, I'm 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 just gonna admit that. So let's talk some Notre Dame. All right. Slipping off the Cubs a little quickly. Well, I mean, you know, it's well, squirrely. Yeah, it's getting late. It's nine thirty eight and, and we've been on for, for over an hour and we talked about the Bears for about fifty five minutes longer than I wanted to talk about them. Um so <laughs> so you know, we, we do what we gotta do. But Notre Dame, three and zero. Their their quarterback is is forty two with two mortgages and seven kids. Yeah, and uh, it's his fifteenth year in the league. Um, so, <laughs> but no, they're trailer? yeah, they're they're looking good. Look, he's it's his sixth year in the in college football, but it's because he was injured. He loves it. In 2019, he was injured, so he gained, regained a year of eligibility. And 2020 didn't count for anybody, so they get that year of eligibility back. So he he is playing. He's I believe he's twenty five, maybe twenty six plus twenty. Yeah, plus twenty. Um, smokes three packs of Marlboros a day. Yeah. Um, but no, they're three and zero, and that offense looks really really good. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> offense looks really really good. Is that just a vape pen or is that a dab pen? Don't lie to me. No, it's not. But we should have taken this. Should have been the show where we took edible. Where we take up. We, we might have that show on Sunday since you're spinning the wheel. By the way, uh, I mean, I I had 10, 10 right, correct calls. Actually, uh, eleven you correct get a calls. Sitting wheel sounder yesterday. <laughs> I only had three wrong calls yesterday, or two wrong calls yesterday, oh, as I'm looking at it. 
So Stop I'm just throwing, looking at it. throwing it out there. Change that. I, I want to see that. You did it in pencil. I did. I did it in pen. Um, and uh, just so we're, we're aware, you picked the Giants last night who lost by 40. No, no but yeah, no. <laughs> I just couldn't. And I, you know what? I should have taken Tampa Bay in retrospect because it is very hard rooting for the Vikings. Yes. But uh, yeah, Notre Dame has a quarterback, it seems. He doesn't look bad. I don't care no. that he's 95. He, he doesn't look bad. Uh, he makes the right reads. He hasn't, I don't think he's thrown an interception. No. Uh, no interceptions. They look pretty damn good. Are they a legit college football playoff team? Why not? Well, because their schedule is pretty decent. damn tough. Yeah, it is. But they got a good defense. I mean, they lose one game and they could still make it in the playoffs. I mean, that's happened to a lot of teams uh, throughout the last few years that they've had the playoffs. I, I yeah, I, I don't see why not. When you have a good quarterback, especially in college football, like yeah, I mean, this thing it, it looks good right now. I mean, it they does. had their first test against NC State and it went really well. Not that NC State was some powerhouse, but they're not they're not a pushover either. Right. I look, I don't um I don't know that Notre Dame is a I'm struggling here to find their, their schedule. Um uh, I don't you find their schedule, Jeremiah I, Murray says fifty five minutes is a long time to throw up in your mouth. It fifty five minutes is a long time to throw up in your mouth. You are correct, sir. Um, I don't know that Notre Dame is a because I every time I believe that this team is figuring it out, and every time I believe that this team is a a football playoff team, they find a way to disappoint me. So it's it's kind of like the Bears PTSD that I talk about. It's, this is Notre Dame PTSD. Yeah, but you got Ohio State coming into Notre Dame in two weeks, mm-hmm. the number six team. I saw that. You play USC, the number five team in the country right now. With with Jeremiah's boy. Yep. And you still have to go to Clemson, who doesn't look very good right no, now. No, no, yeah, no. You still have to go there, though, and that's a tough place to play. They're, they're, and they're going to be looking to beat you. They're going to be looking to salvage their season by beating you. Dabo Sweeney's not going to take that lightly. Um, I don't know that that they're going to be a college football playoff team. And John C.T. Hoffman says, do you want them in the college football playoffs? Have they not lost their shorts in the playoffs yet? Every time they get into the college football yeah. playoffs, they look like they don't belong in the college football playoff. Every Are time. They only one time? Or were they in twice? Uh, I think, I believe three times now. Because they were in the college football playoff when um, they had the the linebacker, Manti Teo, who had the imaginary girlfriend. I didn't know there was a playoff, though. They went to the title game that year, too. Yeah, there was a playoff. They won the playoff game and then they went to the championship game against Alabama. And ND is like- fucked as the Bears based on that schedule. Downing Thomas checks in with his just changed the Lions thing. With the with the riveting Notre Dame take, has, has this guy watched college football ever in his life? I'm not sure. Shano says LSU will probably drop them in the ground. They are not going to lose. And there's no way that Freeman is going to lose to Brian Kelly. I guarantee you that Freeman scheduled that on his calendar the day that it came out and got released. 
there, he is not losing that game, and LSU looks terrible. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't guarantee a win, but Florida State whacks that ass. Yeah, and he says, "Well, we're gonna beat Florida State. Watch, and they they were not who they thought they were. No, they they were not who they thought they were." My Denny Green sounder. Why don't I have that? And so you've got Central Michigan this week. Obviously, I mean, unless you have another mishap like they did last year. The only Notre Dame game I've ever been to, unfortunately. Um, unless you have that that mishap again, you're going to go into that Ohio State game 4-0. and I, I just, Ohio State scares me. What about the Buffaloes? They're not going to be in the college football playoff. I, I don't think. I don't see that happening. Even if they go undefeated, yeah, I don't. I don't know that that happens. I mean, they they are another team that has a tough schedule, um, and, and I think that they made it that way on purpose heading into this year, just so they could get into the college football playoff. Um, but they they play Oregon at Oregon. They play USC this year. Um, they also play Utah, and they play Oregon State and Washington State, and they play UCLA. They have a gauntlet. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, they've got a worse schedule to make it to the playoffs. And then, but I, I, again, I said last week, I'm a believer in what Coach Prime is doing. Yeah. And, and, and they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch week in and week out. And they're going to be a primetime game, n- no pun intended, every week. He don't, so, yeah, he don't stop, man. Uh, no. That guy's a something. He really yeah. is. Uh, he's, he's making it happen. I, I mean, yeah, he, he is he always going to have this kind of talent moving over to him? I, I I don't know, but he's definitely attracting it in every tweet and every soundbite he has. As you uh, watch the Cubs play the Colorado Rockies, won fifty one games this year. Who will lose a hundred games? I'm saying this yeah. as you do that. <laughs> we couldn't just turn off the game. Like, who cares? They're going to win. Who? The Rockies are going to score the the Cubs. I'm not even watching the Cubs game. Yeah, right. You're right. I'm watching the Cubs game. <laughs> I think I just saw Ian Happ in the reflection. No, I didn't. it was Pete Crow Armstrong. Actually, they just put him in the game. Oh my god! And, and he tried stealing third and got thrown out. Is that why you're salivating all over the mic? <laughs> got thrown out at third. <laughs> I've been. T- I, I said. I said. I can't. I can't have Nick Magic going because he gets picked off every time he gets on base. So what does PCA do? Comes in and gets picked off base. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I look. He's got to learn. I don't. Um, I don't know that Notre Dame can overcome that. I do know that they're looking a lot better offensively than they have in recent years, and with Tommy Reese going to Alabama to be their offensive coordinator and how bad and how predictable the Notre Dame offense looked last year. And then Alabama losing to Texas this year. Is Tommy Reese the most overrated offensive coordinator? He looks football. Well, because every time he takes away, like they, they're last year watching Notre Dame. I could tell you before the place started where they were going. With the old Gatorade bottles by him, and yeah, like just sweaty. He he's just he's not good. Weird crew cut. 
I'm like, uh, and yeah, he looked really stressed. I saw the video of him. I was like, holy. It looked like he got a call from Nick Saban that wasn't favorable. And if you're that scared of a seven-year-old man who's five, seven, I mean, maybe you're in the wrong business. I am not drunk coffee. Shanna Stiso says we're all drunk in here. <laughs> not tonight. No. Old tea. Yeah. I don't believe that that's tea in there. It's vodka, isn't it? There's nothing in there now, so I can't even prove it. It was vodka. No. was not vodka. If it was tea, there'd still be stuff left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish it was something stronger. If it was something stronger, I would have already poured myself another one. Uh, oh, you know what? You got a point there. You've got a point there. I Look, so... I think Tommy Reese is overrated. I, I don't think that he's he's very good at all. I didn't think he was good at Notre Dame. I was happy to see him leave. And I think Notre Dame's better off for it. And I think they're showing that through the first three weeks because his offense is, is clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. So I, I just... Yeah, they looked great. I, I saw most of the game. Yeah. Saturday, they looked really good. I, I, I seen... You know, I had to look up. I did not know this guy looked that old. <laughs> When he took off his helmet and he's got that beard that looks like he's been growing for 23 years. Yeah. Yeah. Came right from Home Depot. Yeah. (laughs) They picked him up in the parking lot. He had a sign that said work for food. Yes. Yes. Anyway, it is 9-11. It is a, a day that will always live in infamy in this country. Um, and and should never ever 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 be forgotten. Um, it's something that we deal with every year on the anniversary of nine eleven. You, you see, they show the the videos, they show the aftermath, they show the carnage, um, and so it's one of those days for me. That's always uh, it, it's always a little tough, just because of where I was and and what I went through with uh, ground zero and, and the things that, that, you know, I was, I was a part of, Um, but I always like talking to people and and telling stories and and figuring out where they were uh, on nine 11 when everything happened. So if you guys would like to share with us in the comments, you know, where you were, um, how you found out about 9-11, um, or even just your feelings uh, regarding it. Uh, feel free to share with us in the comments as we share some some stories with you. So, Fitz, where, where were you uh, on 9-11 when everything kind of, as Alan Jackson would say, when the world stopped turning? Yeah, yeah, I, was in, uh, yeah I was in college at the time. My mom called me up. I had a little box TV. As a lot of people did uh, back then. And she's like, the bombs are dropping. Ryan, wake up. I was like, woke up. And it's Half like, drunk. What is it, like 10 in the morning at the time? Our central time? I think it was yeah. 9 Eastern time. Like, what are you talking about? I turn it on. And I didn't know the scale of the World Trade Centers. So I was like, oh, I'm just like a propeller. And they thought like just like a small prop plane might have hit it. They didn't even know the scale. 
Uh, and then the second plane hit. And basically, I did what a lot of Americans did was watch news then. That's when they started the ticker. You know the ticker that's at the bottom of everything now? It started, yeah. it started around 9-11. It might have already been around, but I don't think it was that. I don't think it was on every station yet. yet. Uh, yeah, and it was... It was probably the, one of the more profound things I've seen where it was like, oh, wow, this is like World War II stuff. Like, what is going to happen next? Like, what are we doing next? Uh, do I have to actually listen to my government now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, always had a love for America, though, and very happy for, you know, where it's brought me. I mean, Jesus Christ is is my story i feel like obama right now is my story even possible in any other country uh probably not i probably i might not have survived but i mean yeah it was a really crazy morning week weeks going on too everybody was talking about it uh yeah it was pretty nuts i, I even from my uh, point of view yeah. my blurry point of view it was but i, I don't have your story but yeah it, it was something yeah, I you know and and so I I was actually in the Marine Corps at the time uh, on Camp Lejeune. Um, I had actually gone into the break room to to grab a candy bar, and I looked up and I see you know plane flies into World Trade Center. I was like, huh, that's weird. I went back into the office and you know told my gunnery sergeant, hey, I don't know, something just hit the World Trade Center. I think they said it was a plane. So we went back in just to watch. And about 30 seconds after we went back in to watch, the second plane hit. And uh, it was about five minutes after that, all the phones started ringing. And uh, I, I just remember Gunny saying, hey, we got to go to the armory. And we get to the armory. And when we get there, the lieutenant colonel is there. Never see that guy. <laughs> Ever see that guy out of his office. Um and and he goes, you know, everybody's got to go to the battlefield. So we went out there. Uh, we brought 50 cals. <laughs> we brought RPGs. Um, we brought rifles. Jesus. And uh, we were ordered to shoot down anything that flew overhead. Um, and, and we were all we we didn't know, you know, we, we knew we had to follow orders, but we didn't know what we were going to do. It, it, what if a plane flies overhead? Like, yeah. are we really going to shoot down a plane? Um, and then after about four hours, nothing flying over. Cause you know, they grounded everything and, you know, we didn't know what was going on. Um, we found out what an RPG does to a pigeon because <laughs> <laughs> it flew overhead and, and we got yelled at and, and it, you just wasted a $7,000 RPG round on, on a pigeon. Your butt joke. And, we're, and we're like, gunny, you said anything that flew overhead. Met planes, asshole. Knock it off. Okay. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it was a couple weeks later um, that about 60 of us got deployed out there uh, and uh, we did the cleanup and then there were lots of things there. A lot of people think only those two buildings fell that day. There were actually nine buildings that fell mm -hmm. that day. Um you know, because as the towers collapsed, they fell onto other buildings. Um, and so there, there was a lot of stuff that went on to that. I hadn't been out of um, I hadn't been back to New York uh, from the time that I left in uh, January. No, February of 2000 
in two. I hadn't been back to New York since uh, until 2016. Um, and I went actually went there to go see the Cubs play the Mets. And we decided to go to the World Trade Center um, Memorial, uh, which was pretty hard. Um, not going to lie. I mean, it was it, it was tough. Uh, I, as soon as we got into New York, I could still smell the smell from from when we arrived there. Um, and so it's it's one of those days that for me, I just like it, it's hard. Like I've never watched a 9-11 movie. Um and I don't watch any of the 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 videos when I see them start to get played. I, I turn off the TV. Um, you know the images of the people falling out of the building and stuff. I just I I, I just can't. Um, so it's just it's one of those things with that. I it, it it's tough. It, and you know, for a lot of people, I, I realize that it's so much tougher than than it is for me. Um, for people that lost somebody, yeah, you know, in that attack. Um, and, and for somebody who, or after, yeah, I mean, the, the, all that, the, yeah. the daycare, uh, uh it, like, I, I can't imagine, like, with all of my kids, like, I can't imagine getting that phone call. And, and I just, like, I, and I know it's got to be so much harder for them to deal with, especially on this day, uh, let alone every other day of the year. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I just it it will never make sense to me um, what went on that day. Uh, a lot of this stuff that happens like this never really does make sense to me. Um, but you know, it's just it's one of those days, and we should definitely never forget. Downing Thomas says, "Comb shooting birds with RPGs." I didn't shoot them. It wasn't me. I, I did not shoot the bird with the RPG. I know. Really Some. <laughs> Somebody did though, and all you saw was the video would check. All you saw was feathers. Um, sure, my so. Murray. I was studying political science at EAU. My sister woke me up with a call. Everything that ensued made me not want to do that anymore. Changed my life for sure. Yep. Yeah, and you know it. It did that for a lot of people. Um, I know a lot of people that enlisted right after that. Uh, Shannon was going to a job interview at a warehouse. Did you get the job? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, did did you go or did they call you and, and tell you not to yeah. come in? Like, how did that go? Because I really don't know what happened during the rest of that time. We were out on that battlefield for over 24 hours. We were not allowed to leave. We, yeah. we for all we knew, like, we, we thought that other places, more than what we already knew, we didn't even know about the Pentagon. We didn't know about the Pentagon. We didn't know about the one that crashed in Pennsylvania. Yeah. We didn't know any of this stuff. United 93. Yeah. And, and we didn't know what was going on until the next day when we finally got relieved and, and were told, you know, to go home to our families. And we, so like there were just so many things that went on. You know, I had so many, you know, missed phone calls. I had so many, you know, uh, voicemails from my mom at home, you know, just, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Like, like, and you weren't allowed to answer. So nobody knew what we were doing either. You know what I mean? So I don't know what it was like for the rest of the world. I don't know what it was like, you know, for people in, you know, in, in Chicago, did they, did they do all this stuff? I know from what I heard that flight that crashed in Pennsylvania was actually headed to 
the Sears Tower. Could have been, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I had my cousin who's passed recently was working at the Sears Tower, and they were yeah. like, "I gotta go." <laughs> yeah, I and I did they evacuate in, in downtown Chicago too? Yes, they evacuated a lot of people in that entire okay. area. Uh, they evacuated a lot in, in the O'Hare area too. Uh, so around O'Hare Airport was there's 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 like uh there's a very big industrial center there uh that they have and they evacuate a lot of people from there Elko village is a is a giant industrial area it used to be the biggest yeah. in the world uh, manufacturing uh you know shipping a lot a lot of that so uh Shannon didn't get the job those bastards sons of bitches how dare they John Hoffman says, I was throwing for 475 yards, five touchdowns, and four pass deflection, and three pick sixes. Recess superstar. <laughs> You're not that young, Hoffie. Stop <laughs> it. You're easily 52. <laughs> you did not, you were not in school still. Stop lying. We were back in class shortly after talking policies that didn't obviously didn't apply to the world we lived in anymore. Yeah, I mean, it changed everything. Like I said, it, it was it was one of those things where, like, I, I used to go over to Tijuana when I was stationed in San Diego. We would walk across the border and go to the clubs. Like, we didn't, we didn't do the things that we have to do now. Like, now you have to get a passport just to go over to Tijuana, which is right on the other side of San Diego. Like we used to, we used to go over there and, and party and get robbed by the cops in Tijuana. Like this, this, this was part of our our, our thing, and it, it was no longer a thing. We couldn't. We our world completely changed on that day, and some of it's for the better. Some of it you think of now, and you're like, wow, they didn't check for that beforehand. <laughs> like they 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 didn't check for weapons at the airport. What? <laughs> like. <laughs> what are you talking about? And but that we didn't worry about that stuff back then, and now it's a common thing. Now I have to take my belt and my shoes off, and I got to get prostate exams every time I want to get through yeah, security. You, you could walk all the way to the terminal with people. Yeah, like even if you didn't have a ticket, didn't yeah. And, and now I can't get past the front counter without a ticket. Like that's just—it's everything has changed, um, you know. And and I don't. Not all of it's been for for the worse, and some of it's been aggravating, but it, it was necessary. Um, and like I said, I mean, it's it's definitely something that that's always near and dear um, to me. Uh, I will never forget. I I deal with it all the time, so it's it's definitely something that um, I hope nobody else ever forgets um, either. So, uh, Huffy says he was eleven. Uh, yeah, in 1981. <laughs> Stop it. Just kidding. Hey, Hoffy, congratulations on the baby, brother. Just saw yeah. that uh, him and the wife are expecting um, and are due, I believe they said around Christmas time. So um, congratulations. And uh, we, we can't wait, wait to meet the little guy, gal, whatever. whatever You'll tell me later. Be. I'm sure. But at any rate, it's time to get out of here. It's closing time. Talk Bears. False start. Offense. The entire offensive line. <laughs> so bad. We talked Cubs and we talked and we talked 
Notre Dame, and then we talked about 9-11. Yep. To everybody out there listening, hope you guys enjoyed. Have a good night. Make sure you click yep. that like, share, and subscribe button. Subscribe! Until next, until next time, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies. And as we get out of here, one last time. False start. Offense. The entire offensive line.